Well, hey there. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, the show that's all about real talk, real business, and real growth. I'm your host, Renee Dallow, multi-passionate entrepreneur, business and life coach, keynote speaker, and wedding planner. In this show, we dive headfirst into the conversations that matter most, from personal development to relationships, career success to wellness, and everything in between. This is a safe space to explore your messy middle and come out on the other side with a little more wisdom and hopefully a few more laughs. Every episode will bring you experts and thought leaders sharing their insights, experiences, and life lessons, empowering you to take that next step toward being your favorite version of yourself. Are you ready for it? Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow. Oh, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow. And this week I am joined by the lovely and fabulous Amanda Schumann. Amanda, how are you? I'm, I want to say fabulous now because you said fabulous. <laughs> I like that word, but it's a good word. We should use it more. I also think wonderful is a word that we don't use a lot, enough. I have found that I use the word absolutely. That's like my go-to word. I'll be like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mine is uh, like casually in conversation. I'll say, it's great. That's great. It's great. So much so that my husband's like, is it? Because he thinks that now that's my like version of fine. If I say Uh, something's fine, it's like, oh no, it's not fine. High alert. It's funny. We have all these little language ticks, right? Well, that's kind of one of the things we're going to talk about today because you're here to talk about the lovely, the young Gen Z, Uh, which is interesting, too, because like we have Gen Z and then we have like Gen Alpha coming right behind them. And I feel like for some wedding pros, like we're still trying to wrap our minds around millennials. So it's just a lot coming at us at all times. What do you think? Yeah, Gen Z, we we love them. We hate them. We're scared of them. I I think all (laughs) of the above. But (laughs) I have been in like serving within the wedding industry for probably close to a decade at this point. And this is the first time that we are seeing a generational shift. And not only a generational shift, but this is the first time for a lot of us where we are not within that generation. We are having to sell to a generation that is not our peers. Yes. So I will say for me, I guess I'm technically an um, exennial, like I'm Gen X, but also uh-huh. like I'm in that that weird sort of in between between Gen yeah. X and millennial because I'm not like my husband's Gen X. He's 10 years older than me. So sometimes he makes references and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I like energetically feel like I'm more millennial, although I think that's just me because even though I'm 47, I feel like I'm 30 in my brain still. But Gen Z is like, I don't know. I mean, I love, I do love them. Like I'm on TikTok. I'm like soaking in all, all the slang. Like I'm trying to exist. Right. And figure out what they're talking about. But for wedding stuff, I, I do notice that my younger clients care about f- completely different things mm-hmm. than my millennial clients do. And yeah. that has been the, the quickest sort of mindset shift of like, okay, so we're talking about different things now, you know? Yeah, I'm curious to know what you have noticed on your side of like what are they what are they interested in? They don't that's Yeah, they don't really care about having a wedding party. Yeah. Like almost we haven't had a full we had like maybe what two weddings last year with like massive wedding parties. Everyone else is having like a a sibling or nobody. 
And, and I, and I used to, I was like, oh, maybe this is a financial thing. And I started realizing like, no, this is a generational thing, right? Like, and, it, and I just think it's kind of fabulous that they're doing things their own way in that way, in that respect. I'm wondering, I don't have any data to back this up because I do not know that you're going to say this, but I'm wondering if it's because it's like, and I, I feel so bad. I feel like such a millennial calling them out on this. If it's like a me thing, because, yeah. you know, they want to get content creators. They want to make like this Instagram moment to where it's kind of like, I don't want to share the spotlight with yeah. a wedding party. I want it to be all about me. Yeah. And I think that's true. And I think there's a part of like, they all have such massive friend groups that they couldn't possibly pick. It's either they're picking no one or 13 people. Yeah. And we got primed already because of MySpace. I mean, we had to pick our top six. So. Oh my God. I remember MySpace. <laughs> I remember spending way too much time like ranking people like, what am I doing? I, so we see that we see, and we've been seeing this my entire career, right? But this move more toward experience, less about aesthetics, although the aesthetics have to be uh, like up to par. The experience is far outweighing uh, some of the nitty gritty aesthetics that like that, that were on when I got married over a decade ago, you know? Yeah. Which does counter the, it's all about me because something that we are seeing with Gen Z is they want to make it more about their, the guest experience yeah. and like making it experiential for them. Yes. 100%. And then I also have seen more than I, more now in other years, a really big move of like, well, we can't do that. My friend did it. Right. And, yeah. that's, and that's always been a wedding thing, but now it's even, there's a longer list of things now. Well, you know, I've talked about this, I think it was on a podcast I did with um, Adriana from Ava and the Bee, and yeah. we were talking about um, how with millennials, we grew up during like 9-11 and to where we needed a lot of safety. And there was a lot of yeah. like, whenever there was, oh, well, they did it so we can do it too. Then you get a like a safety net feeling from yeah. that. And so with Gen Z, they didn't grow up in the same times as we did. And so it's very much like, well, they did it. So I'm not going to do it. But, but yeah. we grew up where it's like the mean girl era. We're like, we all wear pink <laughs> on Wednesdays. We do the same thing. Okay. There is safety in numbers. <laughs> that is such an excellent point that I never thought about. I never thought about, it. I think the experience thing for Gen Z is a lot about TikTok and a lot about video content, right? They mm -hmm. want the live painter so they can get a video of themselves interacting with the live painter and showing the first dance and then showing the, you know, the finished painting of it all. And like, they want that. I mean, I hate to say it, but they, they kind of want that content, you know? Um, and listen, I am not going to sit over here in judgment about it. I'm going to say if that's how they want to experience the day, if that's how they truly engage with their own lives who am i to say anything let's hire a content creator let's get it done my beef with the wedding industry <laughs> i have many so please tell me yours the re relating with this directly is that wedding pros are so behind and yes. they get so stuck in their ways yes. to where we're saying I I said in an Instagram post recently, uh, it was a post saying like, hey, why don't you text your clients like during the sales process? Like that's what they want faster response, like texting to the next generation to even people, you know, late 20s like that's they do business in that way now. And the the people that came back saying like, 
that like what about boundaries and like we don't text during the sales process and i'm like dude let's just let's just experiment like marketing is all about trying things and experimenting and like let's not get stuck in our ways because that is how you die out there's a throwback commercial it is of kmart kmart is they're they're doing this commercial about how you can now do online shopping with kmart you can browse their store and you can buy from them on the internet it is online shopping kate can you believe that at one point kmart was like on the cutting edge and now look at where kmart is they don't even exist anymore you have to stay on the cutting edge if you want to be remembered and not to die. Yeah. And you know what, let's talk about the texting and boundaries thing, because I will admit that I do not text during the sales process yet. I might start based on this conversation, but I do text with my clients depending on their their needs, their desires. And and honestly, some of my clients are neurodivergent and they just say like right off the bat, they're like, Hey, this is, I need, I might just need to like, just tell you something in a text. I'm like, great. But I still hold my boundaries and that if they text me at 9 PM, I don't text them back until 9 AM when I'm back in the office, just because someone is using a more immediate, uh, communication channel, which if we were texting with family or friends, we would respond to immediately does not mean we have to do that for our clients. Sometimes they just need to get it off their chest, right? Sometimes not everything requires an immediate response. I think. Yeah. And I know for, for me, the way that I use texting in my sales process, because I do, I'm the type of person where I'm like, I want to get on a call with you. Like, I want to feel your energy. I want to make sure that like, our personalities gel. And I think you're going to be a good match. Yeah. The way that I use texting in our sales process is if I send them that booking information and they don't book within 24 hours, then I send a text. and I'm like, you know, Hey, this is Amanda from Carrie Love Designs. I sent you an email, you know, about booking a call. Did you receive it? And then that kind of just opens the door to them just being like, yes, or sometimes they won't respond at all. And I just see them go in there and book a call after that. It kind of leaves the door open for them to use texting how they see fit for them. I love that. And I also think, you know, there's, I've been, I've been seeing on, I think it was either TikTok or Instagram the last couple of days, um, some educators, a lot of educators right now talking about ghosting, right? Like, oh, don't get ghosted. Here's how not to get ghosted. Um, texting them is a way to not get ghosted. Sorry. It's just true. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That's the biggest feedback that I got from people. I was like, oh, well, what about boundaries? I don't do texting because then they're going to be, you know, texting me. I have it very clearly once somebody onboards with our team, like the, this is how you communicate. These are the proper communication channels. Like don't DM me on Instagram asking me about your website. Yep. Like that. I say that too boundaries are what you put up. And like you said, because somebody texting you at 9 PM doesn't mean that you have to text them back right away. You can text them back whenever you see fit. And if a couple gets upset about that, then like, that's another story. Yeah. And you know, as you're saying this about the texting, like I'm literally hearing my own voice from like a decade ago being like, do not text. Like, I think I was one of the loudest people about don't text, hold your boundaries, but it's been years now. And I think we can acknowledge that new, a new generation of clients, they need different things from us. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, listen, did you have to like run out and be texting your clients all day, every day? No, you have work to do, but 
but allowing for the what if of it all, what if you tried it, right? Um, especially if there's someone that like a really perfectly aligned client, like everything checks the boxes for like perfect fit. I'd be more inclined to text them if I hadn't heard back from them. Yeah. Why not? You know, they put what I see a lot of wedding pros do is they put up a lot of unnecessary roadblocks Mm -hmm. that block Mm -hmm. people from wanting to work with them. And they are really the only clientele that I can name that sits back and waits for clients to come to them instead of actively marketing their business. They're like, okay, I put up my website (sighs) and that's it. And then they don't like actively go out there in, in market for their business and like pitch and sell and connect. It's just like, I'm here. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's fear-based? Do you think that's like confidence? What do you think it is? I think it's just old ways of, of thinking. I think it's just people that there are people within the wedding industry that are teaching nowadays that have built really successful businesses at a decade plus 20 years ago that are now teaching newer wedding pros what they did to build their business 10 plus years ago. Yeah. And it's not working because they are not the JLo of wedding. Like they are not in the same place of wedding of their wedding business. And so you can't just, okay, well I put a website out there. It has 20 pictures, no text out of, and like, I'm just going to rely on vendor, other vendors to, to get me business. Oh, bless. Um, this is actually one of the things, this is one of my pet peeves about, this sounds so funny to say coming from me. This is one of my pet peeves about, about education in our industry, even though I am an educator in this industry, is that a lot of times I think as very successful people uh, look for an exit strategy in their primary business, they take on roles like coaching or educating, right? Because they ha- they want to give back and they think they have a lot to teach and maybe they do, but the difference between a consultant and a coach is that a consultant is going to teach you what they did and a coach is going to help you find your own way to what will work for you. And that is why I became a coach and not a consultant because there is a huge difference in between those two things. There are people in the industry, our industry, calling themselves coaches, but really what they want to teach you is, like you said, what worked for them a decade ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And that isn't as relevant. And, you know, the build it and they will come thing doesn't work anymore because the landscape is incredibly crowded. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, with the wedding industry, especially planners in particular, which I know your audience is a lot of planners. Yeah. It's the lowest barrier of entry. (laughs) Yeah. Own wedding in your wedding planner. Like there is no thousands of dollars in camera gear that you have to get or DJing like they're they're like. I could say I'm a wedding planner today, put up a website and like, I'm a wedding planner. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, let's not discount the fact that when I started a million years ago and I had planned weddings as a hobby and for friends for years before I opened my business, but I launched my website on April 1st and I coordinated my first wedding April 7th. Wow. Yeah. So talk about no barrier to entry. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's how a lot of people get started, which I mean, is great. Like you, for a lot of people in the wedding industry, they found the passion that was a hobby and then they're like, oh, people will pay me for this. And then it becomes a business along the way. Yeah. But I think that right there is why our industry lags is because we don't have business minded people. It's a lot of creatives to where they got into this because it's what they love to do, not because they wanted to run a business and they like marketing and they like knowing like what a PL sheet is or any of that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the most successful um, people or the, or I guess the, the most successful educators are the ones who actually love the business part of it too. Because if you don't love the business part, you definitely shouldn't be teaching the business part. Sorry, we I, I got real tangential on that. But um, I want to talk about Gen Z in relationship to the services that we are all offering in the industry. Now, I think you have an idea that like we need to start shaking that up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Based on what you were saying is that a lot of Gen Z, what's important to them is not the same as what was important to millennials. Um, one of the biggest ones that we can touch on is the content creators. There are people out there that like loathe having the content creators there. But if we sit back and we change our mindset and don't get stuck in our old ways, I like to think about teachers. You know, back in the day whenever we had these like really old teachers and they're like, these stupid computers that are, you know, we need to do pen and paper and whatever. (laughs) Like that's what we end up sounding like whenever, oh, yeah. we, whenever we we don't harness collaborating with new and new ideas, and we get stuck kind of in the same vendor circles. You work with the same vendors. You can plan this in your sleep with the same photographer, you know, DJ. But it's it can be really fresh and fun to bring in younger, sometimes younger vendors, vendors that are doing new stuff like content creation. And you can create something that you haven't done before, which you are an industry of creatives. Like you got into this to be creative, but a lot of people get stuck in that rut and they don't, they want to do what's comfortable to them um, and not jump outside that box and do something creative and fresh. I'm going to say something radical to to my listeners and I'm going to get emails. I am looking to hire like a full-time, not full-time, but like on wedding day content creator that's on my team. Yeah. I want someone on my team because I don't have the bandwidth to, to think about that on a, I really don't. I have tried for years. Every so often I will do a behind the scenes, but I'm not that good at it. I just need to be doing my job. And I, I've been looking for a couple of months now, actually, for someone that I think is really knows what they're doing as far as weddings go. That isn't already busy on a wedding day. Right. Like it it would it should be like a videographer right but they're all working but i really think that wedding pros should consider this especially planners and designers and maybe even florists if it's a big wedding for you if it's a design that you're proud of if it's a venue that you're dying to work at more if it's a it's it's like a perfect couple like really think about your own marketing hire someone hire someone to follow you around with their phone and edit and edit uh these things because you don't have time. I mean, I, I can speak for myself. I don't have time or the bandwidth or the wherewithal to do it, but I know that it needs to be done for our businesses. I know our clients want it too, but I don't really see the harm. What's another person? There's already a swarm of people working on the day. What's one more person? 
Yes, I love. I'm like, if you can't, <laughs> the whole time you're talking. Yes, because we work with a lot of a lot of clients on their marketing, and they yeah. don't have that that type of content. Yeah, um, shared, and they're not going to book the type of events that they want to because, unfortunately, they have a gallery full of beautiful images, but you have to have the video to show the experience and the atmosphere as well, especially this day and age. Like the other thing that we're really focusing on this season is we booked a lot of social events this year more than we ever have. Like we have a celebration of life and we have a nonprofit and we have a mitzvah and we're bringing in content creators for that because many wedding pros, when they want to branch out to social or corporate, don't have any content because sometimes that stuff is under an NDA. Like we've done corporate under NDAs. I wish we would have had some behind the scenes because that is something that I actually can own even with an, even with the right, with the right NDA. So I just wanted to put that out there as well. Something too, is we work with a lot of like photographers and videographers. And I just want to make this quick note because I've talked to a couple of them and they are actually doing like creating reels and creating like fast turnaround stuff, but they're not including it in their pricing. They're doing this extra work. Oh, yeah. And I have asked a couple of them. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're doing, you know, like this Instagram reel and you're at, like, it's a, you know, 48 hour turnaround or whatever, because it gets the client excited and they want to share it right away, but then they're not putting it into their, their pricing. Got to, got to put that in there. Got to upcharge. Yeah. No, I wouldn't even say it would be an upcharge. It's just part of the service. And now the whole it, service costs more. Yes, exactly. That's the yeah. way that I, yeah, exactly. It's part of the, the service. Um, aside from the social media content, which I, I mean, whatever, I'm on board with it. I have no shame for it. Uh, what else are we, what else are we seeing? Some of my wedding planner friends are wondering about like consulting, right? Like adding a, a, like an entry level, like not even planning, but just talking, just extra zooms or whatever. Do you see like that that's a need anywhere? I have seen a couple of our clients talking about doing this and doing it just like at a monthly like call rate and just, yeah. yeah. Um, one of one calls it a wedding chat, like oh, that's you fun. schedule your monthly wedding chat. And it, it's literally just that it's consulting where they come on, they can ask any questions, which I think this is a, this is a double sided, I guess, two sided sword because I can see it going both ways. I think it's awesome to offer different packages at different price points because of just the way that the the economy is, like people's budgets, like you need a wide range. However, what I see a lot of people end up doing is they try to market all of it to everyone and it just becomes really confusing. So from a marketing standpoint, if you can have like your bread and butter, the one main service that you pitch that you market to. And then if somebody, let's say they book a call with you and they're like, oh, you know, we get to the pricing point, you know, you're out of my budget. Then it's up to you at that time to come in as the expert and say, hey, you know, based on what you're telling me, you know, you need this full service package. Of course, it does come with this price tag. However, if that's not within your budget, then I recommend, and then you kind of sell them what they need instead of putting it all out there on a buffet table and expecting the person who's never planned a wedding or an event before in their life to become the expert and know what they need. Yeah. It's kind of a downsell if we're talking about like sales, sales language. Um, I like that. You know, I like having that available as still as like, uh, cause it's just very helpful, right. To be like, look, I know you can't afford my full package, but 
you know, and, and maybe they decide they're going to DIY it. And it's like, well, at least you can talk to a, to a pro, right? At least you can get, you can bend my ear. And I think, you know, that would work probably very well. I don't know about like a, a sort of oversaturated market like LA or New York, but in a smaller market, I feel like that you could really make um, a little bunch of side pocket money with that, I think, and still be of service. I like it. Yeah. And exactly. And, and you're making, yeah, it may not be a ton of money, but you have that client now as a referral for future people if you do a really good job. And there is possibility that maybe you could upsell along the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It can also can, turn into something else. Yes. If you get your foot in the door, I forget how much cheaper there's a stat around it, like how much, you know, less expensive it is to sell to somebody who has already bought from you before rather yeah. than acquiring a new client. Yeah, they said it's like, well, isn't it like 80% more expensive to acquire a new client than it is to keep an existing one or something? Something yeah, like some, that. It's yeah. like some ridiculous number where you're like, whoa, that's bananas. Um, talk to me a little bit about marketing to Gen Z. I know we've talked about like they they like the experience, you know, maybe over the aesthetics. We've talked about, at least from my perspective, the wedding party, like differences. But as far as like website copy, what we say about the images we post on Instagram or what we say on our TikToks, like, are you seeing, I don't know, like, I know that like Gen Z sort of has their own language in a way. Uh, is there any, I don't know, is there any power in like the wedding industry sort of adapting a more casual sort of jargon for this marketing? Yeah, it's not even really that it's, and I'm going to, I'm going to make like the, the, all I can think of is the, the puking emoji face whenever I say this word, but authentic, like being mm. authentic. And that to me means, and I'm going to, this is going to sound very like more nerdy than authentic, but <laughs> showing your personal brand. Mm. A lot of our clients now that are doing really well in booking, you know, people raising their rates to book them and just like having a booked out calendar, just all the things that everybody wants to be doing. Yeah. The biggest difference that I see between them and others is they have a personal brand mm -hmm. that they are showcasing their personality. They're bringing them along for the ride, whether that be like, Hey, it's Tuesday. Tuesday's my editing days. Watch me in time-lapse edit this full gal <laughs> like and here's me sipping my olipop soda like yeah it doesn't have to be you showcasing your entire life online but just like humanizing the brand and making it comfortable for conversation that's the biggest differentiator that i see between our clients that are booking at astronomical rates and the ones who are like slowly having leads trickle in yeah I, you know I just had this thought bubble up, this remembrance, right? So back in like 20, probably 2015 or 2016, I had my first client that was like an ideal client, you know, like that client that you're like, if I could just clone you guys forever, oh, what a good career that would be. And we were eating at this like very bougie restaurant during the planning process. And it was just me and the bride. And I, we were talking about something and I just got like the courage, right. To say like, what made you book me? Like, what made you choose me? And she said, well, my mom and I were looking at a bunch of different websites. And the reason we reached out to you, not the reason we chose you in the end, but the reason we reached out to you is because on my old website, I used to have this side column of like things Renee likes, and it was all stupid shit. Like it was like, you know, champagne cocktails, the color red, my dog, when Harry met Sally, 
And she uh-huh. said, that's my mom's favorite movie and mine too. And that's why we inquired with you. Of course, then we had a consult. You know what I mean? Like I went through the whole thing, but I remember thinking like, are you for real right now? Like that, that, not the beautiful photos, not the good review, that. And mm-hmm. I still think about that to this day because it's like back then before we were making videos of ourselves talking endlessly, it was just like a very human thing, right? Like we all had this very popular, by the way, obviously movie. She called it a classic film, which made my brain explode, but whatever. Uh, right. I was like, what? But she, that was what it was. And I, to this day, I think about that. I think about that when I watch TikToks, I think about that. Uh, there's a wedding planner. I believe she's in California. She's, um, she's older than me. Uh, and she does a lot of TikToks where she's always sipping a Diet Coke because that's her favorite drink, right? And I, every time I see her on my feed, I'm like, oh, there she is with her Diet Coke. Like, I feel like I know her. She likes Diet I don't like Diet Coke, but she does. And I'm sure someone who does feel strongly about Diet Coke is going to love her because she's just existing as herself. No filters, no shenanigans. She's just coming on with her Diet Coke to talk about weddings. And it's very cute. Yeah, especially it's weird whenever we don't have anything. I notice this a lot too whenever we're hiring people. If you've ever hired people, you start looking at every single thing. You're like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. they emailed me 10 minutes after this other person emailed me. So that like we start looking at these very minuscule things because we don't have anything else to go off from. So I feel like whenever people are looking for their vendors and there's not a lot that they can connect to, they're going to gravitate towards little, seemingly little things like that because it's that, oh, okay, well, we both like the same movie. So that must mean like something our personalities are going to jive in some way because, yep. you know, a psycho wouldn't love right you have to be a good person if you love your dog and when harry met sally and now i guess my point is we have so many other more authentic avenues to express ourselves than just a sidebar on a website that i feel like maybe if we as an industry started thinking more about that right that we have it's an opportunity um and not this horrible thing that we're asking everyone to do that's like oh my god yet another thing it's like it's an opportunity to show who you are which I do understand comes with its own, you know, baggage full of like, I'm not brave enough. I'm not confident enough. I'm not young enough or tall or short or big or small enough. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds to minimize it, but if we can just get past that, (laughs) right? Like doing this, I think is what Gen Z is. They're just, that's what they're looking for. Yeah. And that's what, that's even with my, my daughter, she is seven going on 17 like she watches these YouTube videos and she talks about these people as if she knows them. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that they, if you think about Gen Z, they grew up to where they've been in around video and everybody just like showcasing their life and reality TV. And yeah. Just like- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want the wedding industry to like get on board right? In whatever way they can still feel comfortable or you know what? Fuck it. I don't even want you to feel comfortable. I want you to be successful. There you go. I like that. Right. Comfortable is like, I was comfortable. Last time I was comfortable, I was broke. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many opportunities that would have passed me by if I 
what if I stayed comfortable? Mm. Like whenever you are uncomfortable, that's whenever you've heard this before, that's whenever growth happens. Yeah. The scary things are what is going to grow you and move the needle. Yeah. Do you have any advice for folks who are have been in the industry for a bit and are now, you know, seeing the gap between their age and the age of their clients? Right. Like, do you have any mindset tips for that? We put a lot of it on ourselves Mm. that if my grandma were to show up to, let's just say I have a book club and book club is like, actually this, I I do have a book club that I go to and I am the youngest Mm. person there by probably 20 years. Yeah. And you know what? Nobody in there thinks that it's weird. Nobody in there makes a comment uh, about it. Or if they do, like it's an open, like it's, it's a loving open space. I think a lot of the times we project that it's awkward whenever it's really not. Like, I don't know the best way to say that if that's coming out correctly. No, I think you're right. I mean, listen, I think you're only as old as you feel. And the quickest way to feel old in my mind is to disengage from quote unquote, what the kids are doing, right? Like if you're on TikTok and you're seeing without judgment, what's going on over there. I mean, a lot of it is just really fun, right? And so like, why not just sort of dive in and say like, what about this? Could I find interesting or informative? I mean, it is very informative. And just sort of say like, if these are my clients and this is what they're into, maybe I can be sort of interested in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of sitting in judgment of it. I think this whole episode could be wrapped up as like, don't get stuck in your ways. Experiment. Yeah. Like, be yourself. Experiment with different things. Just because you haven't texted, you had a business for 10 years and you haven't texted a single client in 10 years, doesn't mean that you can't. Like, give yourself permission to experiment and try new things and not die out because you didn't want to change with the times. Yeah. I want to ask you a really, a really specific question that I know we didn't prep for. So uh, is there anything that you're seeing from a design perspective that would, that would make a Gen Z client look at a website and be like, Oh, that's too outdated. Uh, funny enough, a lot of like cursive is going out of like that. Remember that flowy, like handwritten. Yeah. Not really like hand, like hand, like authentic, like yeah, yeah, script, but though, like, like yeah, script exactly. Uh, script is like, oof, like you're that's dated now. Oh wow! <laughs> no, not, not me flashing to my Moxibrite logo, which has script. I'm like, uh oh, do I need to rebrand? Do I need to rebrand? <laughs> um, interesting. Script is going out the door. What's it being what? replaced with? Like a serif, sans serif. Yeah, very minimal, like mm. classic. Yeah, think of like um. Uh, Gucci, Prada, think of like very like classic, very standard fonts. Um, That's what it's being replaced with. Another thing is remember whenever we lived in an all neutral world in like grays and browns and taupe and color is making a comeback. Thank God, because I was never, I'm not a neutral girly, obviously, but uh, thank God I'm so done. I'm done with the brown website or the gray website. Yes. Yeah. That one makes me especially excited. (laughs) Well, listen, you've heard it here first. If you've got script or a gray or brown website, you've got to redo it, rebrand it, (laughs) y'all. Amanda, thank you so much for this. I feel like we could talk about this for another couple hours, but I know people have to get back to their lives. Tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. 
Yeah, we actually have, um, I think from the, the recording or uh, when this episode is going to go live, uh, we're going to have our Find Your First Class Idol Client Challenge. Um, it's a free challenge. It is it is travel themed without you having to leave the comfort of your home. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's actually, it's about, we talked about, you know, really outdated exercises and stuff. Well, yeah. There is an idol client avatar that probably everybody has done where it's like, okay, what type of car does your client drive? Where do they shop at? And you're like, how do I know these type of things? Like yeah. your mom's outdated idol client exercise. Well, 100%. we're going to flip the script on that. We're going to actually build out an avatar that's using past data in your past experiences nice. um, to really move the, the needle and to help you clearly identify who your idol client is that is not some mythical creature yes. <laughs> and so you can join us for that challenge um if you go to carrylovedesigns.com slash client love that we'll put that in the show notes just in case you're driving i know you're on instagram are you and i think you're also on tiktok yeah i am on see i'm i'm branching out i'm experimenting mm. um yeah i'm on tiktok i have like four videos up because i'm I'm making my way over there. I like to watch TikToks. I don't know about uh, posting them, mainly just because I I get really excited. I've had a couple. I'm like, man, they get 1,800 views within like the first hour, and then nothing. Yes, <laughs> nothing. that is the fickle the fickleness of TikTok. I um I've said this on the show before, and I'm just going to keep saying it so that I do it. I've decided that my TikTok is like a lawless space where I'm going to talk about whatever the hell I want. So like one day it'll be weddings, the next day I'm going to talk about skincare, and then I'm going to do some other shit. I'm going to do what it's going to do. I'm just going to have fun. I'm just okay. doing whatever the hell I want over there, basically. You're experimenting. <laughs> I love that we're talking about what we're preaching. Like I'm on TikTok, I'm experimenting. You're there experimenting. Like I, lo- yeah. I love that. Uh, but I, I am on Instagram at Carrie Love Designs. Like I spend a lot of time in my DMs. So I love it. I, love it. I also want to say too, like as part of this, um, the point we mentioned er- earlier about like really being authentic. Like there are many parts of me that I don't show on the internet because so for so many years I've been talking and teaching about weddings, 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 and like I'm a multifaceted lady over here. I got. I have a whole skincare. I could be an, an esthetician at this point. Like, but people don't know that about me because I mean, my friends know that about me, but like, I just don't talk about that publicly. Right. So part of the authenticness of all of us is that we are really multifaceted. And, and I know marketing wise, we've all been told like, stay in your niche. I don't know. I'm just experimenting with what happens if I don't. And there's, so for a lot, what overwhelms people is like, I am a multifaceted person. Like, what do I show on social media? And I like to tell people, you know, pick like three things that you can show up on social media. Like for me, uh, I make stupid like jokes about being a really proud native Texan. Like I have a native Texan tattoo on me. And so I make like, I love Texan stuff. Uh, another one's Duncan, just because it's coffee. Everybody relates to that, but it just started out of nowhere. I think with like Jenna Kutcher, she always used to share about mac and cheese. And yes, I, like, oh, I want to share about something, and it just became Duncan. I remember the mac and cheese? Yeah, yeah, the mac and cheese era and <laughs> uh, pop punk music. I yeah. I go to countless of concerts of, of pop punk. I could talk about that all day long, but those are just like three things yeah. that I show over and over again to build build my brand. So if you could just choose like three things, I think that helps people kind of 
you don't have to show, you know, what your kids are doing in like every single part of your life. Just pick out three things that you can show up over and over again on social media um, that are, you know, unique to you. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, also Gen Z will be attracted to your authenticity. There you go. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Um, thank you so much for this. I hope this episode was an encouragement for everyone who's feeling sort of stagnant or anyone who made big plans in the new year to revitalize their social media and their marketing and their business. This is just one idea of many uh, that we hope you take some brave action on. That's that's what I want to call this episode. Inspiring people to take brave action um, and imperfect action too. Why not? There you go. I love that though. Love it. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This was this was so much fun. Yay. Um, friends, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say thanks for spending your time with us. We will see you here next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this week's Talk with Renee Dallow. We would love for you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And remember, this isn't a one-way conversation. I want to hear from you, our amazing listeners. So reach out to me on Instagram at Renee Dallow or on TikTok at the Renee Dallow. Tell me your thoughts on this episode and suggest topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. You are a crucial part of this community and your voice matters. And as always, I know that your time is the one thing you cannot make any more of. And I'm always so grateful that you spend it with me. Until next time, friends, be good to yourself.